Hello and welcome to this episode of We Work Europe. It's September 2023, so most of the summer holiday time is over. One of the many attractive vacation spots in Europe is Portugal's Algarve region, which makes up a major part of the country's southern coast. In the past year, almost 3.5 million people visited this region in summer. That's more than a third of Portugal's entire population. In some regions, tourism is the biggest economic sector, and hundreds of thousands of workers depend on it. But alongside the mass tourism, there come some challenges. How to combine tourism with good working conditions and sustainability at the same time. Let's make a visit to the country. We work Europe. The podcast of the European Centre for Workers' Questions. It's really hard uh, to work in the Azores because we don't have a lot of big companies, so we need tourism to work. And the salaries are not as good as we wanted, but they are getting better. This is Mariana Teixeira. She is 25 and works as an event manager on the Azores Islands, an archipelago in the Atlantic Ocean that belongs to Portugal. Like the Algarve, the Azores Islands depend heavily on tourism. In the next few years, tourism will replace agriculture as the most important sector and thus will also become the largest employer on the islands. But this also implies that there will be more flights, cruise ships and other ship traffic visiting the Azores. Since the islands are so remote, they depend on these unsustainable methods of travel to get there. Young workers in particular are more and more aware of that, and make efforts to do more for sustainability. One of them is Jose. Like Mariana, he works in tourism on the Azores and shared his experiences on an ESA seminar about sustainable tourism in Portugal's Algarve region. He's got his own small company and provides guides for tourists. For example, my flyers, uh, I use a, a recycled paper, for example. Uh, I, I don't use uh, receipts, it's all automatic. For example, if when you pay, I send to your email. Uh, you don't have uh, no papers, it's zero paper. Uh, all the places I go, uh, like a board with, with, with the customers, we have edible straws, for example, by sugar and gelatin. Uh, I think that's it. Uh, uh, I'm trying to, to buy electric cars, but of course it's expensive. Uh, what we do, we have a diesel car, so I don't use too much the car. I prefer to walk more. But all these measures can't hide the fact that a return flight from Central Europe produces an estimated one tonne of CO2. To reach the agreement to limit global temperature rises to 1.5 degrees centigrade above pre-industrial levels, every person in Europe has a theoretical budget of 1.5 tonnes per year. But although the topic of emissions came up during the seminar, when it comes to travelling to the Azores, salaries did not. The question therefore remains, is there a way to improve working conditions in tourism and reduce the sector's ecological impact at the same time. It seems there is a three-step plan to do this. 
Step 1. Introducing the principle of slow tourism. Carmen Carvalhera promotes the concept of slow tourism, or, as she calls it, high-quality tourism. It's a tourism where people can find a, a, a good place to be, a place where they can find information about the gastronomy, about the culture, uh, where can can find the... the the history of the country, of the regions, and uh, they can uh, experience, uh, have a good experience uh, trying to be as much as possible as the people living in that, uh, that country that they are visiting. She works for the Portuguese Commission of Regional Coordination and Development. The purpose of this organisation is to find policy and strategies for regional development. This strategy implies that visitors stay at local hotels, eat local food, use public transportation and stay there as long as they can. The argument about how slow tourism can improve working conditions and protect the climate at the same time is this one. Slow tourism means that people continue to come to a country over the whole of the year. That reduces the stress the country faces in the summer months, when mass tourism usually happens. As a result, workers are not just hired seasonally, but have jobs for the whole year. Furthermore, since the numbers of tourists are more balanced across the year, workers face less stress because they deal with less customers at one time. And finally... The reduction of mass tourism in summer takes some of the pressure away from natural resources, such as excessive water consumption in the increasingly arid regions. Step 2. Creating new paths for tourism where there isn't any. The Algarve region has long been Portugal's first destination for mass tourism. For decades, tourists especially those from the UK, Germany and France, have been visiting this region. This means that there is a tradition of cheap flights and cheap hotels that has become embedded. So transforming tourism in such areas into something more sustainable is likely to be difficult, given that visitors have got used to expecting certain things from their holidays, such as cheap prices and packages. We learned with the, the experience of Algarve. Carmen Cavaliera wants to narrow down tourism, which exists in isolated resorts far away from the centres of villages and towns. Especially in smaller towns, she sees an economic opportunity to connect the lives of the residents with work for the tourists. In her vision, when tourists eat, they do so in local restaurants, owned by local people. When they sleep in hotels, they do so in smaller hotels owned by local people, who hire local people as employees. This idea of local networking connects the entities within a community and reduces land consumption, water consumption and emissions through transportation. And she thinks that this is especially manageable in the regions of Portugal where mass tourism has not reached the same level as in the Algarve, such as the Azores, the island of Madeira, or the southern central region of Alentejo. And this new tourism is supposed to be more sustainable 
and better connected to the local people through the idea of networking. In my region, in Alentejo, um, we work um, every day collaborating. We try to put uh, the, the policies for decarbonization, the policies for circular economy, for not using plastics. We, we talk to the, to the hotels, uh, we talk to the, the entity of tourism, and we work together for that. We, have, we are partners in several projects uh, working on that. Also in this region, there are, for example, regulations which aim to prevent natural beaches from being destroyed by resorts and other hotels. The basic idea is to prevent cheap mass tourism before it happens. This is not just important for working conditions and sustainability, but digs a lot deeper. Normally, tourism is made possible through international investment. Properties, concessions and construction are mostly paid for by international companies or hotel chains because local entities simply don't have the means to realise bigger projects. In avoiding that, these regions also want to keep the prices for rents and properties affordable for the local community. The importance of this can be seen once again in the Algarve region. As a result of international investments in housing and hotels, workers pay around €600 Euros in rent monthly for an apartment, when at the same time they earn little more than the minimum wage, which currently stands at €743 Euros a month. Step 3. Changing individual behaviour and expectations. Of course, in the end, it's always a personal choice about where and when to spend your holidays, because tourism can only be sustainable if customers are willing to pay a price for that. For that to improve, there must be a change of mindset. You're expecting all these like, extras that you would never have at home. And that's, I think, also is somewhere along the lines, I believe, in the last century, we developed this like social expectation of like that if you go to a hotel or all-inclusive place that you can somehow be someone you're not. You're, you would never act like that in, in your own home in your, with your own resources, but somehow we're tolerating it in, uh, in all-inclusive. And that's kind of the like what it means is that I'm going to lift myself a lot of food. I don't care if I even just uh, trash it away. So... In, in that sense, yeah, if you talk about like all-inclusive places and uh, sustainability, it doesn't work. This is Mayuri Tido from Estonia. She is an expert on the circular economy and sustainability and shared her ideas at the ESA seminar in Algarve. She says that we need to get used to the idea of consuming a lot less. And this also counts for tourism, as this is essentially a service we consume and the way we perceive this service is the same way we look at workers. Those people who are serving me, I don't know them. They are just some sort of like background figures for me. And that's the thing, again, I think the mindset in a lot of time, in a lot of cases is this, I arrived, serve me, you know, like it's not very respectful towards such a person. Conclusion. Slow, respectful and imperfect tourism. Let's go back to the Azores and to the dilemma. Is it okay to travel there by plane and to sleep in some hotels?
Of course it is, because tourism provides work for half of the population there. And, on Portugal's mainland, tourism is among the most important economic sectors as well. There's currently no alternative to that. However, and this is a principle that can be adapted to any tourist spot, if you want the workers to get a decent salary and you want your ecological impact to be as small as possible, there should be at least some accommodation in the cities and villages which is not necessarily owned by a huge international company. You should use public transportation whenever possible. You should organise your holidays at any time of the year, not just the peak summer months. And you should get used to consuming less and not expect to have every service available whenever you want it. What are your expectations of sustainable tourism? Do you have any ideas about how to improve working conditions and preserve the natural environment at the same time? Just send your ideas to isa at isa.org. In the next episode, we're going to talk about the situation of women with disabilities and chronic illness in the European labour market. If you like We Work Europe, do give us a five-star rating and don't forget to subscribe. Also, if you have any interesting topics or feedback for us, just contact isa at isa.org. We Work Europe is the podcast from ESA, the European Centre for Workers' Questions, which receives financial support from the European Union. This podcast was narrated by me, Rebecca Sharp. Script and production by Escucha, Audio Identity.